Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Venture Fuel Visionaries podcast. Today, we have a home run episode. We have Sally Krawcheck, who is the CEO and co-founder of Elevest, a tech-first financial company built by women for women to help them earn more money, save more money, and invest to grow their money by providing products and coaching to do so. From the first dollar you make to private wealth services. Elevest is one of the fastest growing digital investment platforms. It has been named number 24 on CNBC's top 50 disruptor list, number 14 on LinkedIn's 50 most sought after startups, number two in New York, by the way, and one of entrepreneurs' top 100 brilliant ideas. Sally is also the best-selling author of Own It, The Power of Women at Work. She is an absolute superstar. This conversation is fantastic and very fast-paced and enjoyable. You will learn a lot It is led by Caroline Lewis. Caroline is the managing partner of the Rogue Women's Fund. Caroline is a good friend. She has also been on the podcast before, and she is my partner in crime for the Rogue Women event series, where this was recorded live on March 24th, 2022. Please enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much. Hopefully, um, for those that have been with us from the start, you've been inspired just hearing about the future of work, um, how we're looking at female entrepreneurship and really thinking holistically about women's health when it comes to financial, physical, mental. Now we're really going to lean into uh, the financial health. uh, And I'm so honored to bring forward an incredible woman, um, Sally Krawcheck, CEO and co-founder of LFS. Elevest is a tech-first financial company, if you're not aware of it, built by women for women to help her earn more money, save more money, and invest to grow her money by providing products and services and coaching to do so. I am currently a member of Elevest. I absolutely love it. I actually direct quite a few people to go to Elevest. I provide memberships to all of my founders, and I'm just so honored to have Sally here today to really speak about you know, how LFS was started and kind of the vision moving forward with LFS and how important it is to have financial wellness as part of all of our health moving forward. So Sally, uh, thank you again for being here today. So grateful. You know, LFS has been a leader in the space since 2014 and has grown significantly since that time. I was just wondering if you can share a little bit about what inspired you of the founding of LFS, how has it evolved over the years? And what are you guys doing to really address unique financial needs of women? Yeah. Well, Caroline, thanks so much for having me here. And it's so fun to have you on this journey with us, which keeps taking us to new places, uh, places <laughs> we didn't expect to go. So look, it started with people telling me you should start an investing firm for women and me saying that's a really stupid idea. Women don't need their own investing firm. And everybody knows women are risk averse and their husbands prefer to do the money management for them and they need more financial education. And spewed all kinds of BS like that, that I had sort of internalized over my career, 20 plus years on Wall Street. And then recognize that there is a gender wealth gap in this country that we don't talk often about. The pay gap, 82 cents to a white man's dollar, the wealth gap's 32 cents for black women, a penny 
going in the wrong direction. And there are a number of drivers of it, but a really important one is women don't invest as much as men do. And I don't think it's too far to say that the country, you know, if countries, I heard in the last panel, when you get women money, it moderates society, it grows the economy, good things happen. Well, the opposite is happening in the United States. So it hurts women. It's our number one source of stress and it hurts our society. It, you know, the, the gap just really exacerbates these differences. And so I thought, well, maybe it is women's fault, but maybe it's that the industry itself was built by men, for men. And they didn't mean to, but maybe when 98% of mutual fund dollars are managed by men and you know, 86% of financial advisors are men and 90 plus percent of, maybe they built it for themselves. And in fact, when you squint, you can see it, right? Think about, you know, not investing, but trading the meme stocks and the, you know, those who are trading crypto, like there's no tomorrow. And CNBC is a sports channel and the bull, the industry symbol is a phallic symbol. And so we were the first to sort of say, take a step back. We're going to have an initiative for women. It's not going to be a marketing initiative only, we're going to change the underlying product. We're going to, for example, recognize that women live longer, earn less, salaries peak sooner, take more career breaks. So if an investing algorithm thinks you're average, as a woman, you can run out of money. As a man, you can die with too much money. As a woman, you can run out of money. Recognize that when you ask a man what his risk tolerance is in an onboarding flow, he answers it. Even if he doesn't know, keeps on. A woman stops and leaves. So how do you solve for that? How do you help her get through that flow, recognizing, you know, that's been a stopping point for her? So everybody said we fail. There's like a Fast Company article written by a woman who used to be a friend of mine, who's like, here are the three reasons they're going to fail. And by the way, they're working on the wrong problem. They should work on the pay gap. But we started gaining some steam and now have moved beyond digital only to banking, coaching, certified financial planners, private wealth, et cetera. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested too because I I noticed um, as a Elevest fan and user that uh, during the pandemic you guys actually launched membership model, which I thought was very unique, especially in this space. I mean, already I thought you guys were unique, you know, to the points that you made that you guys have an algorithm that really focuses on women, and it's actually patented. You guys own that. But tell me a little bit more about what you guys learned and why you launched the membership huh. model. Yeah. So it was interesting during the pandemic. And by the way, it's the, the reason I have on my glasses today is to hide the pandemic wrinkles that are on either side here. This is from me sitting alone, you know, for some hours, like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? The smart thing we did during the pandemic is to just stop everything, team. Stop everything. Take a beat. Forget the product roadmap. Let us just be there and answer money questions for women. And I told the team, We built a community. We hope they'll always want us. This is a time they need us. And we have information. Our our chief investment officer is a PhD with advanced degrees in computer science, applied math, engineering, economic systems. She went to Stanford and and Brown, right? By the way, you can have your money managed for for as little as a dollar a month. It's the most (laughs) astounding thing. But we, we, and we had certified financial play. We We had all this expertise. Let's answer these questions. Let's just be there for her. Let's be there on Instagram and LinkedIn and email and phone and all that stuff. And as we did that, we started really hearing from her that she wanted more from us. And she told us when we surveyed her, the number one thing she wanted from a financial company was to earn more at work. That's not what a fintech does. 
except why not? And so we took a step back and said, she wants us to be there for her college to crypt when it comes to money. Not that she has to use every one of our services, but this isn't just a robo. She's not thinking about it that way. And so we started hiring planners. We started building out curriculums and email courses and workshops, et cetera. And then when we looked for ways to provide value to her and her provide value back to us, the basis points on assets didn't make sense anymore. And Caroline, one of the really interesting things we learned is that she sort of knew basis points on assets and she calculated. And then a couple of months later, she'd be like, what is it again? But when you say it's $5 a month, she's able to just say that, I understand that value exchange. This is worth it or not worth it. And I have to tell you, in the midst of the pandemic, our growth went like that because of it. Yeah, I feel um, when I was doing my research as an investor, um, you guys were one of the few companies in that space that actually grew and gained users and uh, money under management. So it was a very exciting point of view from an investor perspective as well. You know, when it comes to um, just kind of the macro aspects of, you know, more social and community when it does come to investing in people learning about finances, how is Elevest addressing some of those aspects as well? Yeah, we started when we started, we started building a community. Um, and some of it started that I was on LinkedIn and was writing and so began to sort of take my writing in that direction. And thank goodness we did it. Um, there's the typical startup, you know, the biggest mistake startup CEOs make is they build the product. And then once it's built, they're like, oh, what about how do we find people, right? How do we engage mm-hmm. with them? And so we were building the community, we're going over to Instagram, now TikTok, you know, building up what's now, you know, close to a million subscribers in our newsletter, you know, and slowly beginning to build that. Thank goodness we did. And because when we launched, we realized she's not watching CNBC. She's not watching Bloomberg. She's not reading Barron's. Here she is. But more importantly, money is women's number one source of stress. And the number one emotion women feel around it is loneliness. And hopefully, I don't know what your, you know, your personal situation is, but I hope you're able to talk to your partner about it. And in fact, if you can, the more you talk about money, the happier you are. At the other spectrum, unfortunately, and very sadly, there's no domestic abuse without financial abuse. And so money is sort of on that spectrum of power, but still for a lot of women in their relationships, it's a weird thing. Still for many women in their friendships, it's a weird thing. I make more than she does. That's weird. I make less. I'm embarrassed. Let's not talk about it. And so it tends to be surrounded by silence. There's no amount of money a woman makes she doesn't feel ashamed of. But to be able to come to an LFS community or one of the communities on TikTok and learn in a place that is not judgmental, doesn't talk down to her. You know, traditional media, 90% of articles to women about money are talking down to her making her feel guilty, telling her it's her fault. Don't, we're not going to write about the gender pay gap, but we are going to tell you you're drinking too many lattes or having too many facials. My God, you bought so many shoes, you can't afford an apartment, right? Whereas yeah, it's all about budget and saving, right? Ridiculous. It's not about maximizing your wealth. What size tide should you buy, right? But for men, it's crypto and grow and become the CEO. And so for them, it's all positive. For us, it's negative. I think these communities are giving a really making a step into our power by giving us the ability to learn there. 
Yeah, I uh, actually interestingly came across a group of women that host an investing club once a month. And it's really to for them just to get together and feel more comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Um, they're like, you know, sometimes we make investments out of it, but it's really just become more comfortable talking about what we're looking at in the market and how mm-hmm. we're thinking about money. We have a question from the audience. You know, what are some ways that we can help or LFS can help, you know, low income women really be able to invest and maximize their wealth? Yeah. So that's why at Elevest, we have no investing minimum. You can invest a penny. Sylvia can't give you a diversified investment portfolio unless you invest a dollar. You can do this for as little a dollar a month up through multiple millions. From your first dollar investment, you can invest for impact. And we're, we really feel proud of these at Elevest because if you step back, you know, investing minimums historically are sexist and racist. I know that's a sparky thing to say. But if they were only available to people who had money, it was people who had money. And so we try to be expansive as possible. Now, the truth is investing is not right for everybody. And if you have not paid off your high interest rate credit card accounts, you should do that before investing, right? Before coming to an LVest uh, for investing, there's plenty of other stuff we can do for you. You should be investing in your 401k, particularly if there's a match, you know, so that you can get that tax benefit plus the sort of free money from the company. So investing, and if you haven't built an emergency fund where you've got three to six months of take-home pay, start with a month, work your way up. Those are the times to step back from investing. But once you've hit that, trying to get a little bit out of every paycheck into an investing account and be there for the long-term has really been the winning strategy historically. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, there are quite a few things that people should be doing kind of before they even get to that investing thing. If they work at a large corporation, like investing in their 401k, especially if there's match, what do you think the role of larger companies are ensuring financial wellness for employees? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a loaded question. (laughs) A very loaded question. And they do it and they don't do it. I mean, it is interesting when you step back and you say, you know, isn't it odd that our healthcare comes through the companies we work at? Odd and also not great. Isn't it interesting that, you know, through our companies, we're, we're building, you know, our retirement savings. Um, and that so much in this country is really attached to the company that you work for. And so many companies today um, are, are bringing you other kinds of wellness, whether it's, you know, physical wellness stipends, emotional wellness, everybody's bringing headspace in, et cetera. And they've only got, though, a part of financial wellness. So one of the things we've seen is women are going back to work disproportionately hit by the pandemic and aren't getting the support that they need. You know, they'll bring in, you know, maybe the broker from XYZ brokerage firm to talk. And when you look at the gender breakdown of who's in the room, it's mostly men and women are saying that doesn't really fit for me. It's not really talking to my problems or to my needs. And so I'd say it's a real patchwork. I think companies are well-meaning. I don't think many of them have fully sat back and said, you know what? Two-thirds of millennial women are so worried about money that they've actually felt anxiety or, you know, haven't been able to sleep. 50% of millennial women have so much anxiety around money, they've been physically ill. There's a crisis out there. And the companies, you know, are patchwork or hitting the wrong things. And and I do think as we come back from the pandemic, there is a growing recognition that one size fits all in a patriarchal society means one size fits men. 
and that, you know, it doesn't have to, you know, we, we can do things for all the different genders based on their needs. What are some things that um, Elevest is thinking through on kind of the product roadmap or strategy to help enable companies to better address this, this financial stress? I mean, to your point, it truly is an impact on the physical yeah. well-being of, of employees. So I, I think it's a really important yeah. thing to yeah. be able to address that financial aspect. Well, that's exactly right, Carolyn. So it's interesting. So in our move to expanding out our offering and focusing more on financial wellness and moving to a subscription model, we're getting much more incoming from companies mm-hmm. um, saying, we're starting to recognize this as a problem. We're seeing these women on Zoom with the kid hanging around their neck. You know, we're seeing women come back in the office and expressing the exhaustion, you know, the discouragement. And we want to do more for them. You probably heard the quote from Jessica Galarco. You and I probably shared it. You know, the pandemic taught us that other countries have social safety nets and the U.S. has women. And so we're, we're starting to hear mostly interestingly from women's groups mm. who are saying, as we get together, financial wellness is the topic, right? Can you come in and take us through a financial wellness workshop or a budgeting workshop or, you know, any of those? And so this is happening pretty organically for us right now. And what I also really appreciated too, is that um, I, I actually went on Elevest and you can have a coaching session that you can actually have for a group of you and your friends on one of these topics. So I just think it's great because we can That one hasn't that. done that well. That one <laughs> hasn't done that well. We got a lot of demand for it. Like I'd love to, to your point, be invested. Yeah. I'd love to gather, get together with a group of my friends and do cocktails and have the coach because our coaches are amazing. I mean, like one's better than the next. I don't know which one my favorite is. <laughs> amazing. But then nobody, nobody's buying it. So you may see that go the, you may see oh, that one. Man. Okay. Well, I better, we actually, we did a, we even did a seminar on how to talk to your friends about money and it was sort of a bust too. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, what are some of those unique challenges and more importantly, kind of the opportunities when it comes uh, to women really enhancing their financial wellness and really growing their financial portfolio? Well, look, I'd say the challenge is we've received these negative messages around money. We've internalized them. Many young women and more mature women still think it's not feminine or attractive to be good with money. The old, well, if I buy a house, no one will marry me. You hope that's moving away. It is moving away. It's not moving away quickly enough. And so all of us, you know, the leaders on this call, the women who are out there getting it done, really sort of standing strong on your money and, you know, having it part of a life well lived to be investing your money, to be good with your money, to be investing in other women. We need to, as a group, do for money what the Williams sisters and Venus is one of our investors did for, you know, physical health, for athleticism. It used to be like not so attractive to be too athletic, even when I was growing up in in South Carolina and shifting sort of that mindset and bringing money to the to the forefront and focusing on our own financial wellness. I didn't say financial independence. Knowing what you got, knowing where you're going and feeling good about it. That is the secret of moving from money as a source of stress to money as a source of strength. We do have some other questions, but I know we're running short on time. I'm going to I'm going to ask one kind of last question here and it's it's kind of a combination, you know, part of why we bring together this conference is really to inspire women to be their authentic selves and think holistically and, and what they can do for themselves and partnering with other women to get there. 
But you know, you've had such an incredible career journey, and I, I always see you as a person that really uh, pushes forward and and truly goes rogue in a lot of things. You 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 have your conviction, you go after it. It's something I greatly admire, and I know many people on this call admire as well. When you reflect on your career and where Elevest is going, and if you had one piece of advice for women out there, kind of when it comes to being their authentic selves or listening to that authenticity, what would it be? Yeah. You know, I think I was really fortunate, Caroline, that I was a sell-side research analyst earlier in my career. The only way you can be successful as a sell-side research analyst, and I mean, number one, you know, not in the pack, is to see things other people don't see and to bring that to the world. If you're like, you know, XYZ company is amazing. I think they're amazing too. And I also think they're amazing and their earnings were amazing, you know, and everybody's saying it. Who cares? I've mm-hmm. always thought if I am not saying something different from every other analyst, do not speak. And so I sort of grew that ability to how do you take the same set of facts and turn it into a different mosaic than everybody else? And you can see that with Elevest, whereas the whole industry, again, was like women are risk averse. They can't invest. We're like, maybe there's another reason for it. They're not buying what you're selling and then build through it. And at the same time, being comfortable with being uncomfortable and being completely comfortable with failing. Because if you're out there doing something different, you're going to be wrong. And so I've had top positions on Wall Street. I've been fired twice. I'm the same person. It's not like they fired that version of Sally, but kept that version. And when you're, be, when you're being different and differentiated and doing it in a, a sort of confident way, then you're going to fall sometimes. And I always saw, gosh, I could found an Elevest And the upside is to literally change women's lives and build a valuable business and change how we think about money and help our daughters. That's the upside, right? The downside is public failure and humiliation. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I can take that, right? I can take that because, you know, public failure and humiliation, you'll think about, you know, like everybody will forget about it and we'll all go on to the next. There's another news headline down the road. (laughs) For sure. And yeah, going after going after something that you believe in is, you know, that makes every day worth living. For sure. And it's hard. It's, you know, yesterday someone said, Don't you love being a startup CEO? And I said, No, I hate it. Like I hate it. I'm only doing it because I have to. I have to. I'm I'm compelled to do it. Well, Sally, thank you so much for your time today. It has been absolutely incredible. As always, anytime I have the opportunity to hear you speak, I am just inspired to go forth and do amazing things. Be comfortable with the uncomfortable, as you said. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe, leave a note on what you thought, share it with your friends. Also, go to AdventureFuel on LinkedIn. That's where you can find out about all of our future events, see new podcasts and behind the scenes type of information, as well as we share a lot of startups uh, and new ventures to watch. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.